What's up? What's happening, everybody? Welcome to episode number 94 of Thinking Logically, where we are just two dads who just try to think logically and just try to sort out what in the hell is going on out there in the world today. Joe, what's going on? What's going on? It's uh, it's the 29th day of February, 2024. We're about two months in, and so far we've had a, a beheading. Someone beheaded their father. Threats of nuclear war. Self-immolations. It's people lighting themselves on fire, in case you don't know what that means. We've had college girls' faces smashed in. Nuke threats from Russia. Uh, solar flares knocking out cell phones and oddly enough pharmacies. And it's not even March. It's the last day in February. It's uh, We don't need this bonus day in February. It's 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 enough. 365 days are going to be enough. Why do we need the 366 this year? Uh, one thing I do want to get into before we start, Mark, is Catherine Herridge. So we haven't recorded in about nine days or something, eight days. And I think this happened right after right after we went off uh, last episode. Um, Catherine Herridge was laid off from CBS News. And usually when you get laid off as a journalist, I imagine, you know, you walk out with a with a cardboard box of your stuff, you know, they let you take your stuff. But in this case, they didn't let her take her stuff. She was laid off, not fired. And they seized all of her report notes and her research from her office. And this is, this is including confidential source information. So any confidential sources, this real journalist had Catherine heritage, one of the few real journalists left out there, any sources she had were taken. And it, it, it's, it's been a week, but it hasn't got enough coverage, and it was a sad day of journalism. So what's going to happen to these confidential sources now? Are, are, are they safe? Remind me again. Who was she looking into? Oh, oh, that's right. It was Hunter Biden and the corrupt FBI. Um, yeah, yeah, it was Hunter Biden and, and, and some of his sources. So why do they want information? I wonder if they got rid of her for the same reason they got rid of uh, Tucker Carlson at Fox, because he was doing real journalism and trying to expose uh, certain things. January 6th, Hunter Biden, etc. Her stuff has since been returned, but Mark, and you know, the damage is already done. They, they know who her sources are. She, she was laid off, not fired. Why would they take her stuff? And again, the damage is already done. It's like if you have a note card of all of your bank information and your passwords for everything, and someone takes them for a day or two and then returns them. Uh, were copies made? I have no idea. But this should be the number one story in America, at least right now, last week. And it, did you hear it, Mark? Did you really hear about this? I did. I did. And um, well, that's because I, I don't follow the mainstream media. I mean, if you follow the mainstream media only you would have not have heard about this. I mean, this is an absolute travesty for journalism uh, for confidential sources and, and everything, you know, around that. So it's just shocking that the FBI, the FBI has so much power, Joe, so many things are either carried on by the FBI or die in the FBI that it, it's actually kind of scary how much power they can wield over the citizens of this country. And you mentioned Tucker Carlson. Looking back, 
Firing Tucker Carlson from Fox News may have been the biggest mistake that could have possibly happened to them into the mainstream media. Because you you see what Tucker Carlson has has done since he's left Fox News. I mean, he has he has become I mean, probably the most popular journalist out there today, possibly in the world. And that is because he was fired from Fox News. He doesn't have a filter. He doesn't have anyone to tell him he can't report on these things. Speaking of Tucker Carlson, Joe, how about the assassination plot or attempt on his life in the parking garage of the Four Seasons in Moscow, Joe? Who would attempt to assassinate Tucker Carlson while he was in Russia interviewing Vladimir Putin? By the way, before you answer that, it is reported that he also met with Edward Snowden. Actually, not reported. Tucker Carlson himself admitted that he met with Edward Snowden, who is in exile in Moscow. And again, Along those same lines, we have Julian Assange, who had, an, I believe, his final extradition hearing in London or in Great Britain before he is p- potentially extradited back to the United States. Just read something yesterday that Mitch McConnell threatened Donald Trump with a full impeachment vote in the Senate, which would have convicted him. And therefore, he would have not been able to run again for president had Donald Trump pardoned Julian Assange on his way out of office. In January of 27, January of 2021. So we have all that information now at our disposal, Joe. What do you think? Well, as as far as far as the Evan Snowden thing, I listened to, I think he was on Lex Free. I can't remember. He just he just did a three-hour interview. I watched almost all of it, but the last like half hour is very good. And he said they that somehow our government knew that he was with Snowden without even knowing that he was with Snowden. I don't know if they were tracking his cell phone and knew they were but... surveilling his signal group text. And, you know, we, we use, we have a, we use signal in our, uh, one of our group texts that we use and it's supposed to be encrypted. And they were, they were basically hacking into his signal group chat. I mean, that's insane. He's also said his lawyer told him that if, if you, for that, I don't don't quote me on this. If you ask the wrong questions, you could be charged with a crime upon your return. And his response was, "What country am I returning to?" You know, like you have to be careful what questions you ask a world leader as a journalist, or else you could be arrested in your own country. It, it's it's a slippery slope, and we are we are in full slide mode. I think at, at, at this situation. I mean, come on, a journalist going to a foreign country. He surveilled the whole, whole time, which is like what you think the KGB would do in the Soviet era. But by our own government, he surveilled because they don't want the truth to get out about Ukraine. There's something about Ukraine. And President Biden has ties to Ukraine. And his son has ties to Ukraine. And, and it's that's why. It's because they're afraid the House of Cards can just fall down. People are starting to wake up slow, slowly, very slowly. But they are, and about Tucker, Tucker's a person who we could thank for that. So, I mean, who who thwarted this assassination attempt? Well, yeah, the assassin. I didn't even get a chance. But by the way, they're going to blame it on Russia. Why would Russia invite uh, allow Tucker to come there to assassinate him? 
it's it's clearly done by maybe someone radicalized in Ukraine, a Russian radicalized in Ukraine. I heard, well, gee, Mark, could it have been the CIA that radicalized this guy in Ukraine and sent him to Russia? Does that sound like a conspiracy theory? I mean, after all, they did build 12, what, secret bases, you know. Are they secret biolab bases? I don't know. You can't ask any questions. Anything's a conspiracy. You'll get shouted down. You can't, you can't dig into any of these things. But you, you see how it's a rabbit hole? You see how Tucker Carlson get assassinated in Russia somehow goes into a rabbit hole about the CIA in Ukraine in biolabs? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's but anyway, uh, Tucker it's said, I don't know if you saw this, but Edward Snowden, he wanted to interview Edward Snowden, just post something about Edward Snowden, and Snowden said no. He doesn't want the attention. So um, interesting. Interesting. So you blame him. Can you blame him, though? I mean. No. No, not at all. But um it's been it's been a wild week uh, since we last recorded, and we have seen two primaries happen. Uh, we had the South Carolina primary last Saturday, and we had the Michigan primary Tuesday. Um, so we saw South Carolina, um, Donald Trump. I mean, this is Nikki Haley's probably best and last chance to win any state. She has been trounced in every state so far. Um, so she did win a couple counties in South Carolina along Charleston, down near Charleston and along the coast there. But she, I think, lost the state. I think it was around 60 to 40 percent. Now, you know, the mainstream media is making this out to be a Trump, um, a Nikki Haley <laughs> win and a Trump loss because he's she had garnered 40 percent of the vote. Same thing they did in Michigan on Tuesday night where she garnered what, 35% of the vote, something like that. So they make it out to be that Trump's actually losing these voters because they're actually supporting Nikki Haley. But we don't know who stayed home, who didn't come out to vote, or how many of those Nikki Haley voters could be Democrat, or how many of those Nikki Haley voters will actually vote for Trump in the general election. Uh, it's interesting either way, but what do you have here on South Carolina. By the by the way, she gave another one of her uh, now famous victory speeches. I use air quotes on that because she lost in some of these speeches. I mean, I actually kind of hope she stays in because some of these speeches she gives, she's becoming like a punching bag. And we've seen the Koch brothers pull out uh, of her financial backing, although she said that they weren't actually financially backing her. They just help with knocking and, and uh, get out the vote and things like that. So, Joe. Take us through South Carolina here. What's your take? Well, let's back up. There, there's a reason she's allowed to go out and say that she won the race and the media will say th there was a time when 53 to 55% of the vote in a primary, by the time it came to South Carolina or Michigan, it was, it was enough to shut it down, shut the primary down and have someone endorse you, the other candidate endorse you. There, usually there'll be two, maybe at most three candidates by then and, and you drop out. But no. She's allowed to give these victory speeches because the media has her back. And let me explain to you how hard they have her back because you might not remember, but we reported on this. They've been all in on her for a while, from Fox News to even CNN. Mark, remember what happened to Don Lemon when he mentioned that she was, wasn't was in her prime exactly? Do you remember what happened to Don Lemon? He got fired, basically. Yep. They, they could say whatever they want about Trump and others, but... Not Miss Haley, though, because this has been the plan for a long time. This is she's the, the backup. Maybe you could say DeSantis was the original plan. She was regardless, it's Nikki Haley now. 
This, again, in, in South Carolina was another open primary. That means Democrats could also vote in it. And still, this was the result. So let's go through. We had New Hampshire. Well, before that, open primary. Democrats could vote in it. It was kind of close. But before that, we had the Iowa caucus where there was a lot more candidates still in there. But I I, I believe that there was a weather issue and the, there, there was something going on where Democrats were, were sneaking across and, and voting, I think, too, in that caucus. I can't remember. They were switching right before. I could be wrong. But New Hampshire and, and Iowa and now South Carolina, Democrats were allowed to vote in the South Carolina primary. What happens, and we're going to get into Michigan next, what's going to happen whenever it's a primary where Democrats can't vote for Nikki Haley? And we saw that's what happened in Michigan. But South Carolina, she's a two-term governor, and she lost her state by 20 points. And again, it's only because Democrats can also vote in the primary for her. Uh, how this race isn't over, she's going to eventually run out of money now, I guess, but how this race isn't over already, it's because they're waiting for these Trump trials, something to break through in that, and maybe, maybe she could sneak in then. Super Tuesday is like less five days away here. She's going to get trounced. What's the narrative? Gonna, how many victory speeches can she possibly give? on super tuesday but that's that's i have one more thing this was a tweet on x by francisco vandalay um this was right after the primary the um south carolina primary forget the polls how is trump really doing iowa he sets the record for most votes received in a gop primary despite negative 30 degree temperatures new hampshire sets record 176,000 versus 129,000. Oh, I forgot about Nevada, Mark. Nevada, he set the record for 59,000 to 34,000. And keep in mind, Nikki did another primary where she lost to no one. South Carolina, she set the record, or yeah, South Carolina, Trump set the record, 451,905 votes for him versus 259,000 for Nikki Haley. So that's a total of 744,000 and change to 463,000 and change. In other words, Trump has shattered the previous combined records by 61%. This is unprecedented dominance with significant implications. Actual behavior, and in parentheses voting, is a much better predictor than stated behavior, polling. Uh, the Helmuth North Pole model has used the primary turnout to accurately predict 25 of the last 20 elections. The misses, 1960 JFK win, the 2000 hanging Chad debacle and the 2020 election troubled by widespread irregularities, violations of state constitution, voting procedures and unauthorized mass mail-in ballots. Conclusion. Trump was not shattering primary turnout records in 2016. In 2024, he's doing much better than, ev than even his favor favorable polls indicate. The Trump train is rolling and is currently on course to steamroll even the shenanigans of 1960, 2000, or 2020. This could change, but as of right now, the numbers are the numbers, and they tell a powerful story. Mark, he makes a really good point. When you crunch the numbers one way or another, you can make them mean anything. When you look at them like this, again, the race should be over. We don't even have to, we don't even have to go to Michigan. We, we could cover Michigan. It should be over. It should have been over in South Carolina. I mean, don't forget, Nick... <laughs> Nikki Haley is pretty popular in South Carolina. Like you said, she's a two-term governor. It's not like she's unpopular in that state. Donald Trump destroyed her for all intents and purposes. It wasn't close. 
in South Carolina. You have to also keep in mind, he is polling better with younger voters, with black voters, and with Hispanic voters than he did in 2020, Joe. So when you add all this up, I think he polled it like, I think he got 10% of the black vote in 2020. If he can get 20%, I'm, I just don't see how he loses. He Again, Hispanics, they love him, okay? Um, people are waking up, like you said. People see what's going on. People are feeling it in their wallet, in their checking account, when they go to the grocery store, when they go out to eat. Seeing what we've seen in the last week with these uh, illegal aliens murdering and raping women here in the United States, migrant crime, as he calls it. People see what's going on. Mainstream media, not there yet, but they're getting closer to reporting on a lot of this stuff. The dam is starting to break. Let's go on to Michigan, Joe. Well, wait, real quick. For, well, okay. this, this, this will encompass Michigan, too. So the media, picture this on election night. Now, you made a good point. In, in 2016, he did rather well against Hillary Clinton, won the election. Kind of an electoral blowout, I guess you could say, even though he lost the popular vote by about $3 million. 2020, he actually beat those numbers. Beat them. And somehow, some way, lost to Joe Biden, who campaigned in the basement. There were a lot of you know questions about that. Whatever. How is the news media going to explain in 2024 how Trump gets even more votes than 2020 and 2016 and is more popular yet loses again to Joe Biden. That's why Joe Biden cannot be the candidate. It cannot be him. It will not be him. And uh, it, it's a perfect transition here for Michigan. How is he going to be Trump whenever he can't even, Joe Biden can't even win Dearborn, Michigan to uncommitted? Here, let me let me play the clip from CNN because he, what did he say? That's a wow. This is what Joe Biden received. Again, forgive me, 1,000. Oh, this internet. 141 votes. Dean Phillips, 54 votes. An uncommitted, make sure I get this right, 3,703 votes. So that's a wow. If you look at it this way, this is 23%. What night was this, Joe? Um, and What's so, that? I mean, he had a hundred thousand people that voted uncommitted. Yeah, he he lost. He's losing counties. He's losing counties to no one, and they're trying to go out there and tell you, this is why RFK had to be thrown out of the Democratic Party. This is why RFK Jr. is not. He's running as an independent. They had to literally throw him out on the street because imagine if RFK was on the ballot and he got more than Biden in Michigan. Which is a swing state. It'd be over for Biden. It would be over for Biden. And they would lose control of the entire Democratic Party because RFK can, for lack of a better word, hijack the Democratic Party almost. Like kind of like Trump did in 2016, I guess, early 2016. Yeah. When he was winning the debates. Let's let's keep this in mind, Joe. In 2016, Trump won Michigan by about 10,000, 11,000 votes. In 2020, he lost, air quotes, Michigan by about 150,000 votes. He received 74 million total votes. In fact, going back to what you just said um, about the vote to, uh, vote totals, right? 
You had yeah. 100,000 people. I mean, the mainstream media wants to make it out to be like, oh, you know, Nikki Haley got X percentage of the vote here in Michigan. You know, 100,000 people, instead of casting their ballot for Joseph Robinette Biden, 100,000 people voted uncommitted. 20,000 people back in 2020, Joe, voted uncommitted. Do you have five times the amount of people vote uncommitted in this time uh, around? So you uh, have a problem here with the you have a problem here with the auto workers, Joe, in Michigan, and you have a problem with Arab Americans who might not vote for Trump, but it seems like they're not voting for Biden. So I do think Donald Trump will win Michigan. I mean, he is polling like seven or eight percent above Joe Biden. Uh, Michigan is so important to getting back into the White House and to winning. I do believe he's going to win Michigan. I mean, the auto workers can't support Joe Biden. I mean, you're literally campaigning to eliminate their jobs with electric vehicles. And don't underestimate the power of the auto workers in Michigan. Joe? Uh, it's... <laughs> it's it's honestly funny. Imagine Imagine... I don't know how long you wait in line to like vote during a primary or a general election, but like sometimes I've waited like 15, 20 minutes even. And I live in a kind of a, not a rural area, but the suburbs. Imagine living in the city, waiting in line to vote, but you actually have to get in your car and drive to, the, to vote for no one, to vote uncommitted. You must really hate the guy, the, the other guy that's on the ballot. Not a good sign. And honestly, to, to wrap up Michigan, and because Super Tuesdays in a couple of days, are we going to see more of this going forward with Biden? Remember, Trump won, except from a few counties in South Carolina, and I think maybe one county in New Hampshire or Iowa, I can't remember, that in the middle of the night, switched to Haley. He's basically won, we'll say, 99% of every county in during this, this primary season. Biden yeah. is losing Michigan to no one. Area Stark, no one. Super Tuesday again, only a few days away. And then after that, don't forget, Democratic stronghold of Kauai. Remember Maui, Mark? How's Joe Biden going to do in Maui, in Hawaii? Time will tell. We'll see. So Super Tuesday is coming up, as you mentioned. Um, by the way, Joe, I wanted to mention, I told you this in a private text. I was watching CNN on Tuesday night. Um, and Mitch Landrieu, the former mayor of New Orleans, who is, I think, Biden's campaign manager, or he's some high up in the Biden campaign re-election efforts, said that Joe Biden had a great night in Michigan. He had 100,000 people reject him and vote uncommitted. But yet he had a great night. The spin is unbelievable. And no one challenges it. No one was challenging on him for that statement. It's crazy. You want real news, turn into us, tune into us and people like us, news organizations like us that we have no agenda like the they obviously have to say that they have to lie for a reason, and they have no credibility after the last four years here in year four of the 2020 election. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 crazy. So um, 15 states vote on Tuesday, Joe. Uh, Super Tuesday states. I just had it pulled up and I closed it out. Um, which states vote on Super Tuesday? So Tuesday we're going to have. Um, now, technically, this primary could be over, you know, for all intents and purposes after Tuesday, Tuesday night. If Alabama, Alaska, Republican only, Arkansas, California, Colorado, Maine, Massachusetts, Minnesota, North Carolina, Oklahoma, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Vermont, and Virginia in the U.S. territory of American Samoa. So 
um, projected that he was going to win all of those states. Just saw something yesterday about uh, in one of the Pittsburgh newspapers, Joe, about the PA primary taking place uh, in late April, and it's actually on the first day of the Jewish Passover. So a lot of poll workers, a lot of polling stations, you know, involve Jewish people in synagogues. So PA primary, uh, you know, might have some hiccups uh, when we uh, come around to that in April. But moving on from that, uh, we have down in Georgia, the devil went down to Georgia. This Fannie Willis case, Fannie Willis case, whatever you want, however you want to say, or Nathan Wade, we had, we just saw testimony the other day from Nathan Wade's attorney, Joe, this testimony. <laughs> I mean, it's like must-see TV. You know, I know you've been sending us clips in our group chat. It's honestly unbelievable. His attorney, Nathan Wade's attorney, looked extremely uncomfortable, extremely awkward, and extremely nervous to the point where, like, he wasn't even answering questions. He was looking over to Nathan Wade's uh, defense team and before he was answering, and it, it was just insane. You've been following this case closely, Joe. Take us through it. I, I have about, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. It's not even a case. The, 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 the case is the Georgia election thing with Donald Trump. This is not, but she decided to sleep with someone for over a year and then hire them. And I believe his daughter on, and that's what we're finding out now. Things are evolving, but I invested about 12 hours of my life into this over the last week and a half. So this is from Technofog. He is, he is the one to go to on X. He's been following the, the, the Trump case in Georgia and this, and he's probably my best source that I could name for you guys. So Technofog on X, he says Trump's attorneys have special prosecutor Nathan Wade's cell phone data, at least 35 visits to Fannie Willis's condo before the relationship, quote unquote, started, 2,000 calls, 12,000 texts, and this is, this is in 2021, late night hookups after calls from Willis. This is all bad news from Willis, and uh, I mean – he would he would get to to explain it he would get in the car and this is this is cell phone data so it's it's legit they track him getting in the car at like nine o'clock at night on numerous occasions or even later and driving to her condo and being around the area of her condo within like a couple hundred feet to about 4 30 in the morning when he testified and she testified that actually none of that ever ever happened uh so it contradicts Wade's testimony, which he said, no, I think he said no more than 10, hold on. Yeah, Phil, no more than 10 times before he was hired. And you know, that, that, you're over there once or twice, okay. You're over there 50, 100 times, and you're texting the person. Mark, I don't text my wife 12,000 times. And believe me, we text each other a lot. Sometimes we'll be sitting on the couch next to each other and text each other. And I don't text my wife 12,000 times. So I'll play a clip here. Um, Yes, attorney attorney for President Trump, Steve Sadow, specifically asked Nathan Wade under oath how many times he visited Fannie Willis's residence. Um, and he asked if will the phone records if the phone records were to reflect that you were making phone calls from the same location as Willis's condo before November 1st, 2021, um, and it was on multiple occasions, the phone records would be wrong. And he said, Yes, sir. I've seen And would you say that it was frequent 
when I say frequent, do you think prior to November 1st of 2021, you were at the condo more than 10 times? It would be less than 10 times. Okay, so that's that's a lie. That is um that is perjury, I guess you could say. There's more I have to this. Uh yeah, they both testified the relationship started sometime in early 22, but the cell phone records, I just have this over and over again, disprove the story. Where's the one clip that I wanted to play of? I, I might not have the clip of the actual lawyer, and I don't know how, Mark. Well, the greatest part of all this, Joe, while you're looking for that, I do want to mention that prosecutors use this cell phone data that, that was brought up in the courtroom in their own cases that they're pro- when they prosecute someone, cell phone data, um, text messages, approximate location of where you are that night based on what tower your cell phone's pinging from. This is all routine data that they're able to collect from cell phone companies in order to prosecute a case, in, tor- in order to build their case against somebody or vice versa, or a defense team can use that as well. So Fonnie Willis and her team are saying, you can't rely on that cell phone data and that's not reliable and that it's not, um, you know, it shouldn't be used in something like this. I, I mean, that left me speechless when I read that. They're going to have to let a lot of people out of jail. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, do you want to move on or were you able to find that? Let's see. Um, I mean, I got him lying lying on the stand. He doesn't know if it was a lie or not. Where? I stepped away for a minute. Did you talk about how he was um he went to he visited her her apartment or somewhere like yes. that? Yes, it was and they came they, back four hours later. At least 35 times. And keep in mind, he claimed uh, under oath that he would go to the Porsche Experience, I think, that was located maybe near her house. Maybe I have some of this wrong. And so it, it could be upwards of 50 or 100. And I, honestly, there's only 300, and, except for this year, there's 366. But there's only 365 days in a year. So if you're going to someone house, someone's house, even 50, 60, 70 times, that's not a work relationship and you're lying under oath. And, and again, after the relationship, she hired him and I believe his daughter for for a job like this it's it's i mean it's it's sad and so it's definitely a conflict of interest at minimum at minimum so what happens to this to this georgia case joe does she get taken off it does another prosecutor step in and take the case over do they throw the charges out like i haven't heard what happens next in georgia i mean in a normal sane world like 20 2015 2012 2001 the, the 80s uh she would for sure be thrown off the case I, I guess both their careers would be over because they lied under oath you know they could have been been adults and admitted it and and, and stepped away but no they're they're this is taxpayer dollars and they're hiring lovers like you're going to have to, at minimum, get a new prosecutor in the case. But in 2024, don't rule out that the judge says, you know what, they had an inappropriate relationship, but I don't see how this uh, affects the case at all. You know, this is about an election and election fraud and not about, you know, and maybe Nathan Wade has to gets removed. Maybe they both get removed and a new prosecutor comes on. But I, I don't know. Maybe it goes forward. It, it's crazy to say. Look how, cra- look how crazy this is. This came across the, the wire yesterday at 730 uh, from the Daily Beast. A ransomware crew that claims to have obtained a trove of court documents related to Donald Trump's criminal trial in Fulton County, Georgia, are threatening to dump it all online unless officials agree to buy it silence, according to a new report. Well, how'd they get hacked? 
Like, is, is this also Fannie Willis's fault too? Where she's just banging everyone in the office where she wasn't paying attention at all and just going on these trips and what's what's going on that, that Russia is now hacking this this case? Can it take any other crazy turns? She goes Listen. on the stand, I believe, tomorrow. I think she goes on the stand tomorrow, so we'll know more tomorrow, and that'll be that'll be a day. But she's gonna have to answer for why she lied under oath because there's cell phone data. And if you want to throw out the cell phone data, you got to throw out a lot, a lot of drug cases, I'm sure, and other cases in Fulton County, Georgia. So, whatever it takes to to get this case either thrown out. I mean, there are there are what Joe? How many? 17, 18 defendants. Yeah, Trump isn't the only one that she's prosecuting. Whatever it takes to get this either thrown out or delayed long enough, where they can't begin this trial until late fall next year, something like that. Because we know, you know, what the implications are in Georgia. Um, probably potentially the worst for Trump out of all the all the cases he's he's battling right now. So we'll see. We'll we'll bring you more information uh, as we get it regarding this Fonnie Willis Georgia case. So if she's taking the stand tomorrow, it's going to be must watch. It's must-see TV. It's just amazing. They continue to, to deny their involvement in these things when they're literally showing you right here the proof. We have you caught. And they say, no, that's that's not false. So continue to perjure yourself under oath. Amazing. As the prosecutor, as the prosecutor in this trial. Yeah. Uh, amazing. We, we we have another case we gotta we gotta cover real quick because that that the Marlago case. So is this classified documents? And this is okay. We'll take it from here. This is this is from Shipwreck Crew on X. And for those that don't know, that's the QAnon shaman that was one of his lawyers. So um, this has to do with the presidential immunity in Florida. And Shipwreck Crew says, I anticipated this exact claim. Uh, with a hypothetical in the immediate aftermath of the Florida in- indictment. Trump leaves the White House and boards Marine One at 11 a.m. on January 20th with a briefcase full of classified documents. He heads he heads to Andrews, Saint, uh, uh, that's the base, where he boards Air Force One on his trip to Florida. While on board heading to Florida, the clock strikes noon. Trump walks off the plane, off the Air Force One in Florida at 1.30. At some point in flight, did Trump conduct did Trump's conduct magically change from lawful to criminal merely by the passage of time? At 12.01, while on board, was he suddenly subject to arrest by an FBI agent on the flight, even though he was seated in the same seat the entire flight and took no action? I don't understand about these classified documents. Like, he was the president. I, I, Joe Biden did the same thing, and, and got, this makes no sense. But I told you privately, I kind of hope that this trial goes all the way and they can see his privileged documents because what would that mean for Joe Biden once he's out of office without presidential immunity? What would that mean for Obama who did a lot of drone strikes? You know, can we, can we Joe Biden, the border, can we the, killing Americans literally by letting an invasion happen on the border? Can he be criminally prosecuted for that? I hope so. We got to get rid of the presidential privilege then. Good. I'd love to see it go away. So they keep on trying to prosecute Trump Trump for these crimes, but like for these things. 
but it's like a giant boomerang. I feel like it's going to come back and hit them in the head. I've never seen a boomerang actually work, but listen, that's how um, I see it. You, you know as well as I do that if they were to say that he's not immune, he doesn't have immunity, you know as well as I do, Joe, that they are never going to prosecute their god, Obama, or Biden. It's never going to happen. They just, it's just not. Or Bush or anyone else. They want the bounty on Trump. That's that's who they want. Um, you know this case that was came out yesterday. The Supreme Court is going to hear this case in April, um, sometime in, I think, mid to late April. You know, Joe, this is going to be a 5-4 vote either way. Yeah. Whatever the outcome is, it's going to be 5-4. However that turns out, I don't know. If, if if they rule that he doesn't have immunity and they Jack Smith can, can continue prosecuting this case, then we would have, what, a trial date set for when? You know, May, June, I'm probably, well, they, they hear the case. They don't give a decision until when? You, you're not you're not looking until like at minimum, I would say October, which is crazy right. time. Yeah, so, so they that, hear the case in this. April. Yeah, they give the decision in like sometime in June, I think, is when they give most of their decisions. Um, we also have a decision coming that they heard those arguments about him being on the ballot that we expect some sort of decision on in March, which is coming up uh, relatively soon. So, so say they give a decision on June, say they say he's, he doesn't have immunity. You know, now we're talking, like you said, a trial probably in what, August, September, October, something like that. At the earliest, at the earliest, the earliest. And then say they he, they ruled that he does have immunity based on what you, your examples you gave. You know, can a president be guilty, can be, be not have immunity for ordering a drone strike on an innocent family of 10 in Afghanistan? Can can Joe Biden be tried for that crime if he ordered it? Um, so then you would have the entire thing thrown out. So this is going to be very interesting, Joe. Very interesting. I heard, you know, I want to play this audio. I think I just sent it to you uh on instagram here from this morning uh let me find this here play this audio the appeals court gives a bulletproof ruling as dahlia says and they still decide to take it up what it says is that they are corrupted political actors who act in bad faith the reason why people like mark and people like dahlia seem to have a crystal ball is because they're real because they're realists and they understand the court for what it is. And at some point, people in the media, people at home, and people sitting in the White House have to stop pretending that the Supreme Court is some kind of benign, trying to do its best institution and start to realize that there are six Republicans, not conservatives, Republicans on the Supreme Court who view it as their job to help the Republican Party. And until we do something about that, until we take away that power, until we draw the line on them there, they will continue to do this. They will help Trump. They will take away abortion rights. They will end affirmative action. They will liberalize gun rights. They will do all of it until we stop them. And somebody, somebody needs to start listening in the higher echelons of the Democratic Party because we will keep losing every day. We allow these six Republicans in robes to rule over all of us. Uh, so panic setting in a little bit, Joe, don't you think? Yeah, I, I could translate that whole, whatever it was, minute and some seconds. 
I don't I don't like the Supreme Court's decision this time. So Supreme Court bad. But like in 2020, when Trump was getting smacked down by the Supreme Court for a lot of things, Supreme Court good. You, you see yeah. why you like honestly, all you have to do is go back and look at the clips from what they were saying four years ago, five years ago, six years ago in 2017, 18, when Trump was getting smacked down by the Supreme Court good. But now all of a sudden. There's, are they still bitter about Obama and Merrick Garden? I, I don't know what it is, but like I'm kind of glad Merrick Garden didn't get on the Supreme Court because he is one of the most unforgivable and awful human beings out there. I mean, he wanted to arrest you for going to Latin Mass, Mark, or you know, parents for <laughs> parents for going and asking questions at at, at school board meetings. I, I I don't know. That is that is a good clip, and honestly, everyone should hear it. I'm glad CNN has him on, or whatever his MSNBC has him on to give his point of view. Number one, he just looks ridiculous. He looks like a medieval wizard if they had black wizards but just the way his gray hair is and i I don't he looks like a like a 50 year old baby but i i don't know yeah they are worried joe they are they're panicking and uh it's funny it's funny to actually hear these things in the mainstream media on tv that was on msnbc so interesting all right let's move on to migrant crime joe down in returning back to Georgia, staying in Georgia. Joe, we saw a a, uh, a migrant, uh, legal alien, um, committed murder on a 22-year-old nursing student uh, outside of the University of Georgia, Athens, Georgia, uh, over the last, uh, I don't know when that, when that murder occurred. I think it was about a week ago, actually, the 22nd, maybe. And just a sad, sad situation and this very sad crime that took place where um, she died of blunt force trauma. Didn't hear much about it in the mainstream media, did you, Joe? You had no. to go to conservative media to hear to get a to get a little snippet of of what actually happened. I mean, what is go? He, these people are sick, Joe. They're evil. Um, there should be an outcry against this type of thing. This isn't the first migrant crime murder we've seen so far this year. Um, We've we've been hearing rumors of Venezuelan gangs forming in New York City. Um, just saw a stat the other day that violent crime is down in actually Venezuela. I'm not sure where this guy was from that committed this murder, but violent crime is down in Venezuela because they opened because they all fled to the United States, Joe. Hmm. So um, this is these things are going to happen more and more. You have to understand that every state is a border state, not just southern states. Every state is a border state. This is the tip of the of the iceberg, really. I mean, this is going to happen more and more. Uh, I mean, we're not even talking about potential terrorist attacks happening. These are violent crimes against women. Joe, where's the outrage against Lake and Riley? Not only the outrage, where's where's the kneeling and where's the news media covering all the kneeling? I mean, this is a woman, Mark. Does does nobody care about women anymore? This this guy was arrested twice and released without bail. Would that happen to me if I got a DUI or something? No. So why do we even have laws in this country? This and and and, and the reporting on it. If you paid any attention at all, this is why the news media are either complicit or they're just total idiots. However much you hate our media, it's trust me, it's not enough. Imagine if this guy used the gun to kill the girl. The story would be about the gun and how we make sure make the guns access the guns. Let's see. No one cares about the actual criminal. So why do we even have laws? And and like before you say like you can't blame Biden, you can't blame. 
Let me play an audio clip for you. This is from, I believe, Maze Moore on Twitter or on X. And it's about 40 seconds long. Enjoy. And you tell me if this guy seems a little bit responsible for what happened to this girl. First of all, every every executive order this president has issued relating to... For context, this is Joe Biden in August of 2020. The border and relating to dealing with the Hispanic community is going to be pulled back. We're not going to be fooling with that. Won't that we start a brand new border crisis? I mean, what, what would you do with all those people in camps now waiting in Mexico? It, it will if we don't do it well. There's asylum seekers that are on the other side of the border now in camps going to be allowed um, to come and do their claims inside the United States, something that has not yes. been reported. It's the first time ever you've had to seek asylum in a third country. It's outrageous. It's outrageous. First of all. And this is from Paul Sperry on X. In March 2020, because I, I looked for this clip, I didn't have time to put it on the floor. Joe Biden asserted, and you might remember this. We don't need a wall. And by the way, I would immediately, as president, surge to the border migrants. I would end this notion people seeking asylum have to be in squalor. They should be able to come and no one, no one will be put in jail. And you know what? No one was put in jail, even after they committed crimes in this country. Again, imagine I have nine beers and go out and drive and don't even hurt anyone, but I get pulled over. Do I, do I go to jail for the night? Yeah, if it's my fifth DUI, I go to jail for a long time. It's my second DUI, I go to jail. But if you're an illegal immigrant, you don't go to jail. Does that make any sense? And this is from Cernovich on X. Is Georgia a Republican state? The AG has jurisdiction over this case and should immediately open an investigation for homicide and human trafficking um, as it was revealed that a Venezuelan migrant... Um, the, the guy that killed um, this 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 nursing student was arrested in New York City just five months ago for endangering a child. Can this can this be serious? Like, I I don't know, I don't know how to. A good example here's here's the only way we're going to solve this. So the mayor mayor uh, of Athens, Georgia, Kelly Gritz. Um, did a press conference about the situation and people showed up and they told him what he thought. And this is only the 34 second edition of it, but I, I might have to try to find the longer version. You have to hear it. It's a must hear. You can look in contractual language and you can find out exactly what it means to be an SEC institution. Sanctuary City doesn't track with either of those. And so that term means different things to different people, depending on the context of the discussion. Uh, we know what Many, it means. Many of the elements, many of the elements, we are here to listen. We are here to listen. There'll be time for questions. Many of the aspects. You can look at. Okay, hold on. I think I have the longer clip here. Let's see. One second. Yeah, Jack Basovic had it. Is the expectation of human dignity. Foreign born. And you had that notion metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. So when you have... And you know what I thought about doing? Crossing the border to Mexico to get away from my crime. Son, I'm going to ask you to leave. Jesus Christ. 
He saved me, and I no longer live that wallet life. You do. Son, I'm going to ask you, you to leave. Wallet, Mr. Mayor. I'd be glad to spend some time with you if you'd like some individual time. Yeah, I'd like to spend some time with you. Let's do that, but I, I need to continue. Sorry. What we wish to do is dignify everybody's humanity. There's nothing in that resolution that creates. You took your nose down off the wall, not your feelings or nor your opinion. No, sir. You're talking BS to us right now. I need to answer one question at a time. Right here, sir. Alex, I'm going to continue my answer for a moment ago and then I'll get it. in your resolution. Well, that was not what we wish to do this is America's bill what we wish to do is to understand is to understand that those families that are here came here under less than ideal circumstances I've outlined my desire for federal, better federal legislation that would standardize the immigration process. We've not, not been living in that environment. I mentioned I was a career educator. I've worked with a lot of students and their families. We want to create a stable environment for people in our communities. And when that community is disrupted by hate or vitriol, that's not a safe environment for the school children and their families to live in. All righteous indignation. Um, I don't know how to not to quote Maxine Waters, but that's the only way that that's what has to happen peacefully get in these people's faces, maybe even at a restaurant, definitely at a press briefing like that and tell them how you feel and tell them how they are criminals and what they're doing is wrong. I mean, they're letting in illegal immigrants that are criminals that are murdering people and they want to talk about offending a minority in this country. Yeah. Defending Hispanics. I, I, I can't wrap my head around it. Well, Piggybacking off what you said uh, about uh, playing that Biden quote. So this is from Team Trump on Instagram. In 2020, Biden called for ending the detention of illegal immigrants across the board, decriminalizing illegal border crossings, suspending deportations of illegal immigrants in his first 100 days and longer. Biden promised free taxpayer-funded health care for illegal immigrants, free taxpayer-funded college benefits for illegal immigrants, free taxpayer-funded community college for illegal immigrants, driver's licenses for illegal immigrants. Biden claimed illegal immigration makes the country strong. Illegal immigration was enriching our communities. Biden took 94 executive actions in his first 100 days to dismantle border security. Biden implemented catch and release, allowing millions of unvetted illegal immigrants to be resettled in U.S. communities. Since then, more than 9 million illegal immigrants, 27 tons of fentanyl, Criminals from all over the world have crossed our southern border. He could end the crisis right now, but he won't. It's all by design. Joe, if he took any sort of action, this would behoove him politically. In the polls, he's getting hammered because of this. Yet he still won't do anything. Yet he still won't reinstitute Remain in Mexico, which would solve a lot of these problems. Or close the border at certain places. Still won't do it. That's because it's a it bargaining be chip. by design. 
Yeah, it's a bargaining chip. Once you fix the border, you have no more bargaining chip. How else are they going to get sixty billion to Ukraine now? They have to try to hook it up with border issues. Like you read all that stuff. We said all this stuff about what Biden said, and everything you said was great. And somehow our news media a couple of weeks ago managed to flip the script on Republicans, and it was somehow Republicans' fault for not securing the border. It's, ama- it's amazing to me. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. It's some kind of voodoo magic. I, I don't know, but it works for some. Works on some people. It works. It's it's amazing, you know. And the left goes right along with it, you know. They they believe everything he says, you know. If you were to bring this up, they would say the same exact thing. Well, the Republicans are holding it up in Congress, you know. They don't acknowledge the fact that he rolled back all those executive actions under the Trump administration. They don't acknowledge that. They don't believe that. It's crazy, man. Uh. This is a problem that it's actually, Joe, it's hard to even describe and put into words how big of a catastrophe this really is on our country. The only way this improves at all is if Trump gets elected and he starts deporting people. However, you can't deport people that live in sanctuary cities or sanctuary states, which is another problem. So we'll see. We'll see. But, you know, be alert, be vigilant, because every state is a border state. All right. Um, we saw some news here that yesterday, I believe it was, that Senate Minority Leader Mitch, or as you call him, Glitch McConnell, stepping down in November. Joe, I said, <clears throat> I'll believe this when I see it. Did make Did America first, Joe, pick up another victory with this announcement? Um, yes. The only thing Mitch did a good thing of was getting the judges approved early in the Trump administration. We covered earlier about how he was threatening to impeach uh, Trump if the Snowden thing happened. I didn't know any of that, but I I, 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 I always had a distrust for Glitch McConnell. Um, I, 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 I don't know why he's all of a sudden resigning, but not to be a conspiracy theorist, let me get this straight. because I don't know if we covered this. Last week or two weeks ago, Mitch McConnell's sister-in-law backs her Tesla into a lake, dies, and now he's not going to be the Senate Majority Leader anymore. And then he's also fallen down steps at numerous times, glitched in the middle of press conferences, only when asked about his term as Majority Leader and if he was going to run for re-election. It's strange, to say the least. But I, I'm glad. I'm glad he's not going to be. I, I don't know. We were talking about JD Vance before we hopped on. I, I would take him as, as the new Senate Majority Leader. There's not many other Republicans in the Senate that I would even care about, honestly. I could probably name on two hands how many Senate Republicans I actually like and I have, I have some trust for. Wouldn't you agree? Senate. Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you who it's not. I'll tell you who it's definitely not. Mitt Romney. That's for sure. Um, so there was that with Mitch McConnell. And then also, oddly enough, we got word that Biden had his annual physical, but no cognitive test, which Mark, I don't know if you know, I think that's great because now I guess he's stable enough to stand trial for having those classified documents in his possession. They they, they can't have it both ways. They definitely can't have it both ways. Someone let Robert Hur know that he is, uh, cognitively with it he's rigorous 
right? So totally vigorous. He got a clean bill of health. They said, I don't know, like he saw eight different types of doctors. Uh, you could tell by his gait he has Parkinson's, dementia, something. It, it's, it's sad. It's one of those two, for sure. But there's something that, he, yeah, it was about something about how, how dementia patients walk, and he walks exactly like people that have dementia. All right, where are we at here? We got to try to wrap Alabama, this up here. And I'll be, uh, I'll be here. Okay, so this is the IVF Alabama case, and I'm going to make a few controversial statements, I guess, because abortion's a pretty big thing. But I actually looked up the case, and here's what I found: what happened in actuality was a patient in 2020. I'm guessing it was I'm guessing it was a child or maybe someone with a mental illness because it's a nursery hospital, it's an OBGYN hospital, so I'm guessing it takes care of children, pregnant wives, infants, children. But a patient at the hospital managed to wander into a wander into the center's fertility clinic through an unsecured doorway. The patient then entered the cryogenic nursery and removed several embryos. The sub-zero temperatures at which the embryos had been stored freeze-burned the patient's hand causing the patient to drop the embryos on the floor, killing them. Now, before you get emotional, ask yourself, if you were a parent and did IVF and went through all that, and this happened to you, wouldn't you want to get the hospital? Because if it was a child, it's not the child's fault. The child doesn't know. It's the hospital's fault for not having it secure. I'm just assuming here. Wouldn't you want that whoever's responsible to be punished under the most severe possible way under the law? So what happened was the Alabama Supreme Court ruled that these are actually living things in here, and it was actually killed to increase the legitimacy and maybe the, the, the payout and everything for this case. So what we have now is clinics suspending IVF activities, I believe, because there's precedent to make them legally liable when an embryo, I guess, doesn't make it. But... All you need to do, the the, the the case that just happened, that's fine. You could classify them as, as living, but just change the law that says that, that a hospital is responsible for a death if the IVF fails. Change the law to that. Make them not liable. But the, the news media wants you to believe that Alabama Supreme Court banned IVF because they hate women, when that's not the case at all. It had to do with a completely unrelated case that involved these embryos falling on the ground and, and being killed. So I'm not against IVF at all. Here's my problem with IVF. So, and this is the controversial part. You take out 10, 10 uh, embryos. Let's say over the course of five years, you use two of those. What happens to the other eight? Are we as a society creating 10 lives to kill eight? I, uh, that that's, I don't have an issue with IVF, but I like to ask philosophy, uh, ethical questions, moral questions, be a little bit of a philosopher. Uh, are we creating 10 lives? Are we killing eight lives or two lives? I, I don't know, but the, the legal analysis behind it, this is why you can't trust our news media. They want you to think that the Alabama Supreme Court wants to kill IVF. But again, it's just, it's a case and how would you feel as, as the couple or as the parents if you spent all this money and then through sheer idiocy, the hospital allows this to happen to you? Mark, do you have any comments? Or 
I know yeah, it's a tough... this is a um, politically not a good issue for Republicans. Um, let's just call a spade a spade. You know, IVF should be protected because people it's sad and people just cannot have. Get pregnant on their own, they need, you know, in vitro fertilization, which is a very expensive. And I was thinking about this. I'm thinking, you know, for all the things that we give these illegal <clears throat> aliens, these illegal illegals here in our country. Healthcare, college, you name it. Now, tens of thousands of dollars loaded onto a card. Why can't insurance cover, partially cover IVF treatments for women? Um, you know, they don't want you to have a kid. Yeah, they don't want you to have a kid. That's why, and it's sad. But you know, I know people that are in this situation that still can't get pregnant after IVF treatments. So it's just sad. And, uh, you know, I think, I think this should be protected. And I think Trump came out right away and said that he, he stands with people, uh, who, who are seeking IVF treatment. So, <clears throat> which was good, you know, that he came out and, and made that statement. So again, Alabama, the, 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 the ruling was fine in my opinion. I'm not a lawyer, but they just need to change the law to say that, you know, you you aren't liable. Unless there's gross negligence, you aren't liable if an IVF doesn't work. It's not a death like that. Like, I, I believe it should be classified as a living thing. But again, that's just my opinion. I'm not against IVF. Right. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. No, I understand. It's a um, it was a tricky, tricky case there that, that came out in Alabama. So. All right, let's move on here to this self-immolation we saw this the other day that a current, right, Joe? Current. This is this this guy is live in current yes. member of the United States military live streamed himself live streamed burning himself alive. Uh, basically covered himself in gasoline, live streamed it. He was in his military fatigues, set himself on fire. I forget where this actually took place at. And then they tried to they tried to extinguish him, and they. I think I think he may have actually lived, but I think he ended up dying in the hospital, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, correct. But they actually drew their guns on him, and all the while he was doing this, while he was literally burning alive, he was screaming "Free Palestine, Free Palestine." Did you? A Joe, lot of times, a lot of times. I, I'm not I honestly, laughing like it's funny, but like this is, this is an amazing video that came out. Uh, this, I, I, I actually don't know what to say. Go ahead. There's nothing to say because this happened during like the Vietnam War. Everyone remembers the the monk lighting himself on fire because he was protesting the war. This time you have it with an active member of our military setting himself on fire in the nation's capital. Uh Look, this this is a little bit deeper. It makes you wonder. I mean, there are there are people with their own opinions, but like, uh, I, I, this I'll give you a, a tweet from uh, Max Blumenthal on X. I'm not sure what to make of this. His name's Aaron Bushnell. Claim of U.S. troops in Gaza, or whether they even have access to such info. But there was this photo of Delta Force members in Israel last October, with the White House was forced to leave. And here's the headline. This is from the New York Post. 
U.S. Airman Aaron Bushnell claimed to have classified knowledge of U.S. forces fighting in Gaza tunnels on night before setting himself on fire. It's from a friend of his. And the the photo Max Blumenthal is talking about is from October 20th, 2023, where the White House deleted a photo of a covert Delta Force teams operating inside Israel. Remember? Remember this? Uh this guy could, I mean, he lit himself on fire. So there's always the chance, which could be that he's wrong and lying about Delta force fighting in tunnels in Israel and, and stuff like this. But can we get a major news agency to maybe cover this aspect of it, Mark? What do you think? And and also at the same time, you sent me this. I didn't hear this covered by the news. Veterans, American veterans burning their uniforms in support of Aaron Bushnell. <laughs> And it says free Palestine behind it. Veterans say free Palestine. I, I guarantee you, I guarantee you there are veterans that are pro-Israel. Guaranteed. But why the media isn't covering this and yeah. they cover some of the stuff they do cover, I can't figure it out. I don't know. Mm-hmm. This this number one news story in America. I know it's the second time we said that this episode, but decades are happening, people. There's self-immolation going on in the steps of the Capitol by U.S. service members. I know. It's uh it's amazing that this really doesn't get a whole lot of coverage out there in the mainstream media. But I mean, we all know why, and we're not going to relitigate this whole topic again, but they can't let the narrative crumble on Israel. You know, what Israel is doing now, basically starving the Palestinian people in Southern Gaza is insane. Um, Again, I I don't want to go into this, but when you see the videos coming out, you know, you have one of the largest, if not the largest humanitarian crisis on planet Earth right now taking place in southern Gaza. So it's sad. It's sad. Let's just leave it at that. And uh, uh, hopefully we can come to some sort of ceasefire soon. I think Biden was on record saying there's going to be a ceasefire as early as Monday. But I'm not sure if he meant to say that or not, but he did. So we shall see. All right, let's uh, let's go. Before we talk about solar flares, here, I wanted to bring this up here. This is something that you will enjoy. This this tweet from uh, at Silcom LFC on X. In the past two months, I wanted to bring this up. I don't think we have this on our sheet, but we're almost done here. Almost out of time. In the past two months, King Charles has been diagnosed with cancer. Kate Middleton has had abdominal surgery and not been seen since December. Sarah, Duchess of York, was diagnosed with skin cancer. Prince Edward is stepping back from royal duties. Thomas Kingston, who married into the British royal family, died suddenly. Jacob Rothschild died. King of Norway rushed to hospital with infection. Pope Francis rushed to the hospital. Queen of Denmark announced shock abdication. Two black horses were spotted with a captured white horse and black flag outside Buckingham Palace. It can't just be me who thinks this is a little bit weird, right? Joe, I know you got a, some takes on this. It, it's definitely a little bit weird whenever you have all these people on the same time. Again, we're, we're, we're two months into 2024. And uh, the the Rothschild thing, people say, oh, he's old, 86. But a lot of the Rothschilds don't die until they're in their late 90s or, or 100s. Um, the, the black horse and the white horse 
was weird because I, I can't remember what it was. That's for like royalty. I, I can't remember. Don't quote me on this. I saw something on X or Twitter about it. And I remember seeing that like the day before the Rothschild guy died. And I wonder like this, maybe, maybe the Rothschild was the guy that really ran England. I don't know. Or the Great Britain or United Kingdom, whatever it's called now. Yeah. But it's, it's very weird to have all these Royal people at the same exact time. And they're all kind of, not interrelated it's not like how it was in the early 1900s where the king of england is first cousins with the king of russia the star of russia and vice versa but these people are for the most part pretty closely related yeah it is it is very it is very weird that all of this is happening around the same time so get the lot number on their vaccines kidding, <laughs> kidding. <laughs> speaking speaking of which that we'll, we'll transition to that topic next when you're ready alexi our boy alexi Navalny. Yeah, let's talk about Alexei Navalny. It came out that uh, the Ukrainian uh, head of the Ukrainian intelligence uh, basically admitted to the media that Navalny wasn't killed by Vladimir Putin. As we said on this podcast, why would Vladimir Putin want him want to kill him? What's the motive? Why? What? Why would he? You know, he's in a penal colony in the Arctic. Is he really that big of a problem for Putin? No. Um, so the head of the Ukrainian intelligence came out and said, well, actually, he actually died of a blood clot. A blood clot, Joe. So what, what motivation would a Ukrainian intelligence officer come out and say this? This completely undermines the Ukrainians and Zelensky by admitting this. So is... Are we going to see a regime change in Ukraine soon, or was just a an, an honest admission? Um, I don't think it was an honest admission. I think he either sees the writing on the wall and sees there could be a regime change soon, or that Zelensky doesn't have any power and the war could be grinding to a halt sooner rather than later. But uh, it, this could be untrue, I guess. But the fact that he died with a blood clot, because I believe they came out and said he just died suddenly. It's... It's all strange and it's all weird. But hey, when it comes to Ukraine, the only thing you could guarantee is there will be tons of disinformation. At some point, maybe you'll get the correct information. But this is we knew we knew that Vladimir Putin didn't have him killed literally while all of NATO was in Munich talking about funding for Ukraine. Like that would be so silly. But you know who it does benefit? People that want to fund Ukraine. People that want money to Ukraine. So I Take it for whatever it is. Again, I guess get the lot number of the vaccine he took. Hey. The, the funny thing is, as soon as as soon as you messaged me, I said, "Oh wow, they're going to blame this on the Russian vaccine." I mean, it was within what the day after they said they weren't going to take up that Ukrainian bill. It was Putin had nukes in space. Space nukes. Space nukes. Um, Navalny was murdered by Putin. And there was something else that happened, but it was all back to back to back, trying to get the sixty billion pushed through. Uh, and then we had the—I I don't even know what what the word I want to use for her, Veron, um, Victoria Newland—come out and say, "Well, this money is is actually going to remain in the hands of here in the United States. It's just for our defense contractors." Blah blah blah. Ah. I mean, these people are so desperate to launder more money in Ukraine. 
And this war is not going well for them. They know it's just about over. Uh, we can't keep up this pace, and neither can the Ukrainians. So uh, well, I don't know what's going to happen next, but uh, we shall see. It's like, Doctor, well, it's like Dr. Evil. I have to say, like, like what, $60 billion. They have space nukes, and we need $60 billion. And we'll, we'll, from now on, we'll call the money laundering schemes uh, continuing resolutions. Yeah, it's, it's like it's Dr. Evil shit. Now, apparently, there was a big, they they used the word intense meeting in the Oval Office the other day with uh, Senator, uh, Speaker Johnson and President Biden, um, Chuck Schumer, Hakeem Jeffries, uh, all the usual suspects. And you saw Chuck Schumer come out and state that this is going to be on Mike Johnson if this, if this doesn't get passed. It's in his hands now. Joe, Bully. I can pretty much guarantee you if... Speaker Johnson brings this to a vote on the House floor. They will vacate the chair. Oh, yes. And there we said, is said, no doubt in my yes. mind they will vacate the chair. He will be done, the speaker, if he brings this to a bill uh, to a vote. Should, should he not be? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, I, I'm really worried. I'm really, really worried because March 1st and March 8th are the two dates. Look, shut, shut it down. Shut down the government on Friday if you're listening. If, if you're listening to this podcast and it finds you in time before Friday, call your representative, call your representative, call your congressman, tell them to shut down the government on Friday. No CR, no omnibus, no minibus, no bus, drone bettis, no, nothing, 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 nothing. Secure the border. Prove to us it's secure. Guarantee there's no more funding for Ukraine or waste, and then we'll talk about it. No, we're, we're not going to talk about it. Continue, right? We're not. We'll go, we'll go to 2025. We'll push this if we have to. You have to call your congressman and you have to tell them how you feel. We have to bully them like they're trying to bully Mike Johnson to get him to go along with the CR because it's not in our best interest. We can't. We don't have any more money to spend. We're broke already. The credit cards at the max. Yep, racking up 200 billion plus in debt a month. Um, we need term limits, Joe, like Vivek says, grandfather, the people in now you make new congressmen adhere to term limits. We need a balanced budget bill. Uh, we need all kinds of reform. We need our government to work for, I think people have lost sight of the fact that our government is supposed to work for us. The things they do are supposed to benefit us, not benefit themselves and their cronies and their donors. And I think too often we lose sight of that fact. So we shall see what happens, Joe. I think March is going to be extra spicy on many different fronts and many different levels. So we'll be here reporting the news, giving you our takes as we go through March and the rest of 2024. Joe, anything else? Um, No, just don't forget that. Oh, the, sol the solar flare. Okay. So the solar flare knocked out all them cell phone yes. networks. That was weird. And pharmacies. Uh, but at the same time, Mark, what did we do while that was going on? We managed to somehow land a rover or something on the moon at the same time. I don't know how we pulled it off, but but we did. Nothing went out there. It all worked out great. So It tipped over when it landed. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all I have. We, we, we forgot to cover Hunter Biden. Um, been a lot of stuff with the immigration. So all right, well, good episode, Joe. Um, we appreciate all of you for listening. Please continue to share this out with your friends.
Like and subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you find us. We appreciate your support, and we will see you next week. Look out. They're coming to America. <laughs>